Hello and welcome along to the second episode of Visions from Stone. My name is Ken Morton and each month I aim to try and interview a health professional to give you alternative ideas on how to manage your own health. And coming up shortly, I have an interview with Susie McWilliam. She is, uh, well, she's quite a lot really, uh, anxiety coach meditation and mindfulness teacher she's an energy healer and author she's also a motivational speaker and a spiritual entrepreneur so stay tuned to pick up some lovely tips from Susie a little bit of a rookie mistake because I realized that it's been about three months since my last podcast and I'd kind of set that it would be uh, it was set to be every month and I've uh, missed three episodes. <laughs> so um, apologies for that if you've been waiting for the next one. But it's finally here. Um, I've been quite busy recently. I, you may have noticed from some of my um, visits to various places around Aberdeenshire where I've been doing my shamanic egg cleansing. I've been in central Aberdeen and also in Stricken near Fraserburgh and the shamanic egg cleansings have been pretty popular and it's really a, a, an ancient method that's been really practiced by the South American shamans for hundreds and thousands of years and it's largely unknown in the, this part of the world in Western culture and I had an idea to um, to carry on this tradition uh, to people that have never heard of uh, of the practice and it's been very popular so I'm really happy about that and if there's anybody that's listening that has sampled one of my cleansings then you'll know how uh, beneficial it can be. Um, often people tell me that they feel like a lot lighter as if uh, a weight has been lifted off their shoulders. Um, it can really offer clarity uh, I can offer, also offer a lot of guidance for going forward in the future if you're maybe struggling with uh, being stuck in the one place. So it's been, uh, it's been really popular and the idea behind it is that the, it's, it's an egg, as the name suggests, and the egg is run across the body. Uh, it's moved across uh, by myself. Uh, a full egg cleanse is uh, from top to toe but I've been doing these mini egg cleanses at these uh, fairs around Aberdeenshire. And so the egg has moved around the body and any energy that's been stagnant or any energy that's maybe unwanted uh, is absorbed into the egg. And then the egg is then cracked into a glass of water. And then I read the energy from the egg. And while I'm doing this, I'm also channeling messages that are coming through for for the client that's sitting in front of me. So it's uh, it's a like I say, it's a, a practice that's been uh, largely popular in uh, South America for so many years, and it's something that I learned when I was over in Peru. It's uh, a technique that I, I heard about there first, 
And then I, I also heard about it through my shamanic practitioner training. So I thought, well, this could be something that I could offer to the, the general public uh, and clients seem to have been uh, uh, really pleased with it so far. So that's really what I've been up to. Um, another thing I could, uh, I'd like to tell you about is two events that I've got coming up that I'm organising. Uh, two events, uh, one in July, one in August, uh, both on a Sunday. Uh, it's an introduction to shamanism. And this is the question that I get asked all the time. What is it? I've heard of it, but I don't know quite what it is. And it's a, it's a one-day event, uh, Sunday the 3rd of July and Sunday the 7th of August. And in it, I'll be giving you a rough guide on what shamanism is, how it can help us humans, how it can help animals, uh, connecting with nature, and uh, really connecting with yourself. And there's a couple of practices that I'm going to be um, uh, teaching while I'm there. Uh, ways that you can really connect with yourself and with nature. There's also a cosy fire ceremony at the end. And uh, and yes, yeah, so it's going to be a really nice, a really nice day. Each day is going to be really nice. It's. It's at a venue, beautiful venue called the Calm Space, which is uh, in the middle of uh, woods near Ochnagat, just north of Ellen. And it's uh, set in a yurt. It's a beautiful setting, uh, really immersed in nature. So I'm really excited about that. And so that's coming up in July, third of July, and uh, it's a Sunday, and then also the second one, exactly the same. Introduction to Shamanism on Sunday the 7th of August. So there's two dates there. Uh, hopefully you can make uh, one of them. Uh, or if you want to come along twice, you're more than welcome to. But uh, we're like, delighted to see anybody that uh, that comes along. Um, my my website, kmtherapy.org.uk. If you go there, you'll find a bit more information about it and ways to book. So, without any further ado... Um, I have my interview with Susie McWilliam and uh, this is uh, again at a stone circle it's this time at the south uh, just south of Tarvis in Aberdeenshire um, a stone circle called South Icy Stone Circle uh, and it's a beautiful day as I'm as I'm, I'm sure that you'll hear me raving about in the interview it was a really lovely hot day which is uh, very nice to be there in the space with Susie. So, uh, so yeah, here's my interview with Susie, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, welcome along to Visions from Stone, my second podcast, and I've got a very special lady here with me today. <laughs> um, her name is Susie McWilliam. Hello, thank you for having me here. That's quite okay. And you've really listening uh, to this on uh, a beautiful day that we've got here. Mm -hmm. um, we're on location at the um, South Icy Stone Circle. South Icy is spelled Y-T-H-S-I-E for those uh, not sure. And we are located in Aberdeenshire. It's mid-Aberdeenshire, just outside Tarvis. 
and uh, Susie, it's a beautiful day here, isn't it? It's incredible, and we are surrounded by, you can probably hear birds and mm. <laughs> bees and daffodils are outside us, it's stunning. We're really kind of immersed in nature, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So um, today, uh, Susie, uh, maybe just, uh, I've had kind of had a look at your, your website and uh, an expert on anxiety, uh, meditation and mindfulness teacher, energy healer, author, motivational speaker, and spiritual entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. uh, apart from being quite a mouthful, yeah. um, that's quite a menu as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I've my business has evolved so much over time, and I've evolved so much over time, and I find I just love sharing whatever mm. I learn, I like to share. So, mm. yeah, there's a lot of different facets to my business and what I do and what I offer, and if I find something that works or something I love, then, yeah. I like to share it with other people. Did you find that you that that's kind of you said that, that that's how it evolved? Mm -hmm. Did you think at the start that's where it would lead, or you know, to teacher and motivational speaker, and is that kind of what you thought out to start with? Or? Um, no, not really. I guess when I first started, um, I started with the Reiki healing because that's what just supported me, mm. and I actually started doing that as a fundraiser for the Cancer Charity Clan. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, because my mum was getting support um, from them. Sorry, Friends of Anchor, actually. I've done other stuff for Clan. Friends of Anchor back then. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. Mm. And then started supporting people with Reiki. And then I'd practiced meditation for years myself. And then started helping clients with meditation. And then it just kind <laughs> of grew arms and legs. And um, yeah, evolved. I think, I guess, moving back to the anxiety coaching part... That is something that probably was always going to happen, mm. but um, I almost kind of veered away from it and then got taken back to it. Mm. Mm. You mentioned Reiki at the start there. That's kind of like a, a good base for so many people, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. it really helps you just open, open your mind and open the channels within you to receive. And also, um, it's a, a gentle introduction, that I, I find, to, to energy work isn't it yeah absolutely I think it's such a safe loving supportive mm. um, modality of healing that really can benefit anyone children animals plants you know yeah. whatever is going on for that person Reiki really does have some magic yeah. to offer people it's got that connection isn't it uh, mm -hmm. that understanding that everything is connected in this world yeah so, absolutely fantastic and what's been your story uh you know since well i don't know had you always thought of this path or had there been other things that you've done before and um, what's your story up until now yeah so no this wasn't my path at all originally yeah. um i used to work in sales and marketing that was my background before um i'd struggled with anxiety and depression from the age of 15 up to kind of my early 30s and i had a breakdown in my early 30s um and throughout that period, I had dabbled in anything <laughs> that would have supported mm -hmm. me. So the Reiki, going to see chiropractors, homeopaths, you know, um, meditation, mindfulness, all different types of healing, um, all those things. And when it got to my 30s and I had this breakdown, I really dove hard into all the things that I had learned over the years and kind of pulled them together. Um, to overcome that holistically. 
and that's where the book the basis of the book came from again and mm. that wasn't the book I was going to write I was going to write a book <laughs> about meditation but once okay. I started it made sense to um share more of how I got to where I got to and the tools and techniques I used mm. and now that's supported yeah hundreds and hundreds of people and it's mm. just yeah quite mind-blowing humbling really. were you quite surprised at how fast it, it, it sort of evolved did one kind of flow into the other or did they all the, all the ideas come to you at the one time um no it was very much a process mm. um so i'm all for when people are starting new things just do it bit by bit one step at a time one step at a time and then you layer mm. layer the different things um so yeah it very ha- like it's been an evolution for mm. sure mm. of just um when i was ill i would try one thing and then add in another thing mm-hmm. and then add in another thing and sometimes remove things that didn't work and you know try different things and I think that's a real important message to people is mm. you know not the same thing works for everybody yeah. so yeah. be open and willing to just to keep trying you know uh, and that's that's quite true because everybody has their own kind of path their own kind of route mm-hmm. and I think depending on what the experience uh, kind of helps to mould their path uh, yeah. mold the path uh, forward and that kind of it's a self-discovery route isn't it I mean, mm-hmm. just to um, get on that go on that barge and sail away into whatever uh, way that you wish and whatever you feel um, drawn to as well yeah definitely uh, great okay well that's quite a journey you've been on then <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it, yeah it, it's still ongoing <laughs> always yeah, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of us of experience you know once we start off on this journey of of helping ourselves and others mm-hmm. that it just kind of evolves that way isn't it you're always kind of learning and you're always kind of evolving and, and i think probably because you, you're you've been open to it mm-hmm. um you're more likely to receive more yeah absolutely <laughs> so um anxiety coach what would you say is anxiety these days because it's uh it, there's so many different people with different opinions and and views so i'm just keen to know what, what you think yeah anxiety is, really. so it presents itself differently for different people for some people it might be more about the physical symptoms the okay they're struggling to breathe they've got pins and needles in their fingers they you know are, are struggling with the physical aspects and then for others it might be more confidence related they're feeling anxious at work because they can't speak up in meetings or do certain things or then there might be social anxiety aspects where they struggle to go out into other spaces but ultimately and you said earlier yourself this kind of journey to self Mm. this is what every single one of my coaching clients ends up doing it's this journey back to self Mm. and um I, I guess I never realized that when I started out in this journey and even with the book and, you know, just from working with coaching clients now and that, you know, that's kind of the main feedback is like, oh my gosh, I feel like me. I feel mm-hmm. like I found me. And um, I think that's really, really powerful. And to me, anxiety really is an indicator that something's out of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a... I get kind of frustrated sometimes clients will come to me and they'll be have been told you know well you're just an anxious person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, you're not just an anxious yeah. person, you're experiencing anxiety and there's a difference. Yeah, mm -hmm. you don't have to struggle with anxiety for your whole life. Mm -hmm. I listened to one of your podcasts, uh, two or three podcasts ago about social anxiety. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially after what we've been through with this pandemic. Yeah. I notice a lot of people myself, some of the clients that I see, that they're very uh, cautious and very um, reticent in coming forward and even speaking about anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I feel that seems to be a, a growing trend now. Do, do, do you feel that with any of your clients? or? Um, absolutely. You... I think, mm -hmm. I, like I mentioned on that podcast, people who've never experienced mm -hmm. anxiety or social anxiety are now experiencing it because they've been living in a constant state of... Mm -hmm fear for the past two years and a lot of that fear has been around going out you know mm. don't go out stay yeah. home stay safe stay safe yeah. and they've been this is you know on a subconscious level that's what they've been hearing you know home is safe home is safe home is safe um so when you suddenly go back out into the world your body's like no like mm. you know that's what I'm saying even on a subconscious level people have never experienced it before like why is this happening to me and it's because the nervous system has been in this state of protection mm. for so long that now it's kind of firing up again. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so is that kind of like a, a conditioning sort of thing? Do you think where we're conditioned, uh, the brain says, "Oh, we can't go out." Um. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is mindset, mm. like that. You know, the or in order to overcome that kind of situation, a lot of that would be around mindset because that's where it's come from. Mm. It's come from the thought mm -hmm. and then the thought has triggered the response in the body mm -hmm. so if you can begin to change the thought process mm -hmm. um and reframe that and that's actually the first chapter of my book is all about mindset mm -hmm. um because without that it doesn't matter all the other things you do mm -hmm. um you know you need to have the mind the thoughts on board so it's kind of like rewiring the sort of neurons in the brain to so fire a different route rather than from firing the one way before. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, exactly. Reprogramming your computer to, okay, no, this is actually yeah. fact. <laughs> this isn't. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And your podcast, how often do you do your podcast? So I podcast weekly. weekly um, okay. And yeah, it's a really great mix of anything that kind of falls into the pillars, I believe, that we need to lead in order to live this life free from anxiety. So things like well, we're in nature just now, being outside, mm -hmm. getting outside, being in nature is something that's really important. Meditation and mindfulness, breath work, um, holistic healing, therapies, self-care, um, like mindset. There's so mm -hmm. many different things that are part of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's really good fun meeting, meeting people and, and sharing in that way. Great. Mm -hmm. I always find sometimes changing state of mind helps a lot and a lot of people find that quite uh, alien to think about and how, well, how do I just change my state of mind mm -hmm. and when I've had problems in the past I've always um, maybe get gone out to, for a walk somewhere in nature uh, a bit like this where, mm -hmm. where we are um, or I've kind of listened to some music um, or the other thing that's really worked for me and it doesn't work for everybody is silence because sometimes I need to uh, quiet my brain as it mm -hmm. were yeah. and just listen to nothing because we're, you know, there's a lot of um, noise pollution mm -hmm. about these days and sometimes you can't 
even hear yourself think. Yeah. So for me, silence worked for me. Uh, and somewhere like where we are like now in nature, and just to describe to listeners where we are, we're in the, the very middle of the stone circle, and there's, what, one, two, three, four, six stones around us, and uh, probably about maybe two metres apart from each other, mm-hmm. uh, formed in a sort of circle, and uh, which is why it's a stone circle, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of raised on a bit of a mound. Um, you know, it's, it's not on ground level. And, you know, these stone circles, they're kind of mysterious, aren't they? Nobody really knows mm-hmm. what, what, what they're here for. There's certainly speculation as to rituals and ceremonies and uh, whether it's been used for funerals in the past. And this specific one dates back to about 2000 years uh, BC, wow. if you're going by the Gregorian calendar, that is. Um, so sitting here, just listening to nature, obviously there's a silence as well, um, but it's very soothing and calming, isn't it? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think places like this, as you mentioned, there is a there is an energy yes. about them. Yeah, you know, yeah. there is a, um, yeah, an aspect of connection and energy in these kind of spaces. Mm. And and the thing that always amazes me is that this has been largely untouched for two thousand, well, four thousand years. It would be. Yeah. Wow. And we're sitting here in the same place that people <laughs> might have been four thousand years ago. Nothing's changed around. Yeah. Apart from maybe that wall over there that's been built, but the trees, the grass, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. It's untouched. It's quite phenomenal. Uh, so, so mindset you mentioned, and obviously your meditation and mindfulness. Uh, there's a difference. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want me to share that? Yeah, yeah please, yeah. If, you, if you'd like. So, um, to me, mindfulness is a form of meditation. Okay. So meditation is carving out to me, this, this is my interpretation of it, a specific practice. So you might stick on a guided meditation or you might um, chant or you might um, go for a walk even, you know, that could be a form of meditation. But the mindfulness aspect, and this is why when I teach meditation classes or anything like that I always incorporate the two because mindfulness can be practiced at any time so you can bring mindfulness you can't meditate at any time you can't just like you know sit at your desk at work and suddenly start chanting or you know (laughs) (laughs) stick a sorry I'm just doing meditate put on your headphones or whatever but you can be mindful at any time and that will give you that sensation of being in the present moment so as you mentioned just sitting here listening to each other without you know thinking about oh gosh I've got to be here there whatever you know having that mindful conversation will reduce the stress Mm. um or I've got a cup of tea here with me so you know Mm. just sitting with that cup of tea sipping that when you're driving you know how often have you and I know when I struggled with anxiety in the past sometimes I would drive places I'm like I can't couldn't tell you even the route I'd taken Mm. I was so in autopilot so stressed like chronically, chronically stressed with work that um, sometimes I wouldn't even remember where I'd park my car because mm. every day was like <laughs> Groundhog Day. Mm. You know, so there was zero mindfulness mm. at that point. But if you are in your car, you know, put the radio off. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to, to what's going on around you. Mm. Or, um, you know, if you're having a conversation with someone, have a conversation with someone. Don't be on your phone at the same time, typing mm. an email, you know, thinking about other things. Really tap into 
that presence. So mm. the mindfulness could be brought into doing your dishes, to hanging out your washing, to walking your dog, to playing with your child, to, mm. you know, yeah. absolutely anything. So I think it's so important to have both. Whereas the meditation will give you that opportunity to really step out of fight or flight, to mm. really rest the body, to get, get the body into that relaxed healing state. Mm. So mindfulness isn't really designed for relaxation. Mm. Mindfulness is more about just being really present. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, some people think mindfulness, or oh, practice mindfulness so I should feel relaxed and all that. It's not yeah. necessarily the case. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was trying to um, ask because I'm sure a lot of people listening will have heard them both. Yeah. And maybe they're a little bit confused about the difference between the two and how, how they go. They, they seem to go quite well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, exactly, I think you yeah. need both, yeah. mm-hmm. especially in today's world. You absolutely need both. You need that chance to reset to focus the mind to get clear through meditation and then the bringing the mindfulness into your day-to-day life will reduce the stress and anxiety mm. because you're in the moment the anxiety mm. comes from being in the future all the time mm. yeah not being present mm-hmm. yep great uh you mentioned about uh co- your coaching there a second ago um so, so how, how is it you help clients how can you uh make them better yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't make them better just no. make them themselves yeah um, yeah no, no. um so my coaching really is it, it's a it's a method that i have created specifically around um i do use energy healing so i do bring reiki into my coaching we do use meditation and mindfulness we do use breath work we use traditional coaching as well so kind of talking things through creating goals creating actions around that um, but it's very bespoke to the individual. So that although there are these kind of 10 pillars that I know if the person embraces, they will ultimately, like, it, it will work. Yeah. Um, it's working out, okay, well, where are they at? What do they need? Um, and, yeah, a lot of work. We do a lot of work around boundaries, okay. um, you know, just really stepping, empowering people. And I think that's the thing. It's about empowering people, mm-hmm. giving them the... Uh, realization that actually they can coach themselves in the future and I love that I've got future I've got clients from the past from years ago who still come to me once a month just to Mm. for accountability more than anything and um, I've got a couple of clients who basically come to the call and they coach themselves you know I'm sitting Mm. there and they've (laughs) they've done the work they've worked Mm. out and they're like this happened and I did this and I thought that and and I'm like this is incredible you Mm. know Um, yeah just really empowering people uh, and it's like we're saying there a second ago rewiring and retraining your brain mm-hmm. so it's giving them the skills so so the brain is working a different way so they can go away and kind of empower themselves with yeah. what they've learnt absolutely yeah. yeah it's a retraining you know and having somebody who has been in that state of anxiety and depression a lot of my clients find that quite helpful because I think they felt quite misunderstood mm-hmm. um, previously but for somebody who's actually experienced it themselves um, there's that kind of empathy, mm. I guess, relatability. Although everybody's situation is different, mm. um, there will be a lot of similarities of things that come up. And I'm kind of understanding what you're saying that it's not just uh, an individual session. Is this a, a block of sessions, or yeah, how does your program work? Yeah, so I've got two programs: a three-month program and a six-month program. So the three-month program really is kind of identification of what's going on, why things are occurring, you know, kind of 
beginning to put some actions in place following that through and then the six month is for anyone is more the accountability like okay right mm -hmm. let's really dial up these habits create this new future yeah. um those kind of things so okay great lovely mm -hmm. and if somebody's listening right now that's kind of struggling and um not sure what uh, what route to take or they're a little bit worried or anxious uh, what three tips would you would you give us three tips that can maybe help people that may be listening right now yeah one of the first tips that your listeners probably won't like to hear <laughs> is if you drink caffeine and you've mm. got anxiety just stop mm. okay. yeah you know it's some of the things when I work with clients they're like oh my gosh how did I not think of this myself <laughs> like you know mm. oh, I can't sleep I feel so jittery yeah they're drinking like oodles of Starbucks because mm. they've got Starbucks at work or whatever <laughs> um you know so because sometimes it can be helpful just to have that bird's eye you know view and yeah. somebody else looking in in your life but um yeah first simple one anything that's really stimulating so caffeine sugar um things like that that's going to give you quite a big impact quite quickly mm. um so looking at things like that it also could they cause inflammation in the body if your body's already anxious there's already inflammation going mm. on so you want to kind of try and reduce that so quit the caffeine mm -hmm. um next mm -hmm. nice one i'll do a nice one mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> um probably uh quite a nice simple tip to support people is to have a gratitude practice mm -hmm. yeah. um i recommend to clients when they first start that they do it at bedtime mm -hmm. um you can do it in your bed just a piece of paper and a pen it doesn't have to be anything fancy um but definitely write it down and um write down three things you're grateful for that day okay now that sounds really easy probably to you and i because mm -hmm. we're not in the headspace of anxiety or depression yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you are in that headspace that can be a challenge so try and not overthink it it could just be um you know if say you had social anxiety i made it to the shop today or i got out of bed and had mm. a shower or i made a healthier lunch mm. it doesn't have to be anything crazy yeah, yeah. but that's back to that retraining of the brain that you were speaking about mm. earlier we're beginning to retrain the brain to mm. recognize the positives in life um, because our brain is rewired inherently negatively as a mm. protection method. So doing that kind of practice will really help. Mm -hmm. um, and then meditation. Like mm -hmm. if you haven't started, and I know it can feel really overwhelming like to yeah. think, oh my gosh, where do I even begin to start with this? And a lot of people are like, oh, I can't sit still and I can't shut off my mind and I can't do this. Mm. And um, just keep trying, you know. Yeah. The fact that you're just sitting still for five minutes listening to something, whether you think it's working or not, you're sitting still for five minutes, there's going to be some yeah. form of benefit. Um, so, yeah. I guess you didn't know how to ride a bike the minute you hopped on the first time, did exactly. you? It's a process. And, and I often find with meditation, it's even if it's just a quick five minutes, again, yeah. and build yourself up in that totally. sort, of, sort of way. Absolutely. Yeah. I just ran a meditation challenge for seven days and I purposely made all the meditations really short mm. just to give people that sense of um, achievement as well. You know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I've done it. You know, done you can tick that sure. box for the day or whatever. But um, yeah, definitely just keep persevering. And even I've meditated probably from the age of 15 because I used to do in yoga classes with my mum. But still to this day i'll get days where my brain will be oh my gosh i forgot to get dog food and i've yeah. got to pick my daughter up and you know it, mm. it's, it's totally natural mm. great okay so number one 
was no caffeine or stimulants. Yeah. Number two was we start a gratitude uh, journal. Yeah. And number three was meditation. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Um, control is huge. Mm-hmm. I find that. I mean, one of the things that, that I struggled with um, at the very start was my um, addiction. I would probably describe it as to control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having to control every thing and every aspect of my life. And then when I realised that I didn't have to control it, uh, I just I just kind of surrendered it. And that's a, that's a huge step to make because that really shifts so much. And then it's only by doing making that shift, I find, that you realise how much control uh, plays in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think with with this control, uh, the system of control that we find ourselves in, do you find that's quite an important aspect of, you know, releasing that is is great to for healing yourself? Um. Yeah, I think there's a definitely a balance there. So it's recognizing what you can control. There's a beautiful prayer called the Serenity Prayer, which is used by Alcoholics Anonymous. Um. You know and. I'm going to totally do a disservice here because I can't remember it (laughs) properly. But, you know, it's along the lines of recognizing what you can control Mm -hmm. and what you can't control. And, you know, having the wisdom to know the difference. Often we'll try and control things like people Mm. or situations that we actually have zero chance of ever managing to control. You'll Mm. never control another person, Mm -hmm. you know. So what can you do within yourself Mm. that allows that sense of control? And especially when I work with people with anxiety, life can feel quite out of control. So it's like, okay, well, where can we bring that certainty into your life? So you feel like you've got some control in some areas, but recognizing that your colleague at work who's really annoying, you have no control over them or, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think there definitely is the balance between control and surrender and surrendering will create um, this opportunity to release resistance, Mm -hmm. which is really, really powerful. But yeah, just the ability to recognize what can you control i think that's the first and step what isn't can't it? you control yeah because yeah. uh, I, I i often find myself in a, just a, a conversation with a friend or somebody at work and i find myself wanting to control the conversation mm-hmm. but then sometimes not saying anything is more powerful yeah. than saying something because when you're trying to control an aspect of that conversation, uh, it may just control itself if you don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, it's it's a sense of like a wasted energy, mentally and physically, yeah. because you, you're focusing on trying to control when you don't really need to because the outcome is going to be the same whether you control it or not. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that because that happens so frequently and I love when situations like that occur. And it can be like, Say I'm thinking, oh gosh, I haven't emailed that person and mm. da 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 da, and I'll need to send them this to go and do that, and then they go and do it themselves. I'm like, oh, amazing! Yeah. Like it just <laughs> happened. Like, or I can't think of another situation, but sometimes things like that happen. I'm like, oh, I didn't yeah. have to do anything. That's like really amazing. So, um, yeah, I think I I was a big control freak when I had anxiety back in the day. Like proper OCD control, the slightest thing would have tipped me over the edge. And again. Mm comes back to that mindset again and the mindfulness and the mm. all of these things yeah. you know when you have the mindful awareness like oh, okay i'm trying to control this situation what's going to be more beneficial here oh actually it's stressing me out well what if i just don't get involved yeah. oh 
that's an option. It's the mental energy, isn't it, mm -hmm. that you're spending. Mm -hmm. When And I find that quite a lot in plans. You know, if you're in a group of people and you want to make plans to go to a certain, wherever it may be, whether it's a night out or just uh, to the shops with friends, if there's more than three, somebody wants to control the situation. Mm. Uh, and, and you sometimes feel inside yourself that you've got this aversion to not just what the person's saying, but also what the venue is and and how to get there and and you're thinking oh, I don't want to do that yeah but and then the tendency then is to interject and state your point of view so you're trying to control the conversation but rather than not saying anything it might be that that conversation works out to the way that you want it without actually saying anything yeah. at all so it's just <laughs> relinqu relinquishing that control mm -hmm. and just letting things happen sometimes uh, it's a huge step to make mm -hmm. and it's very difficult I think for a lot of people just to relinquish that control because we've got this necessity to con try and to control so much yeah, of our lives you know you know so great you mentioned a book as well mm -hmm. is that available to everybody or is that available to yes people on your the world the world <laughs> great okay super um yeah so book is available um via pretty much all booksellers amazon waterstones um what's it called it's called be free be free okay. yeah mm -hmm. a holistic guide to Lovely. freedom from anxiety stress and overwhelm and ah. a low mood for life great so. and how, how long is it how many pages is it uh, oh. a tough read it's it's <laughs> definitely not a tough read no. a lot of people have said that actually they yeah. really like it because i purposely um all the anxiety books i'd read previously i found a really tough read when i was going through it because you're not mentally in that headspace to take in all the the jargon you just want to know what works like t just tell me what to do tell yeah. me what's going to work yeah. um and yeah a little bit of the reasoning why because you need that as well for your brain to you know to compute it but um yeah so no it's an easy read the letters aren't too small there's bits <laughs> for notes um so yeah i mean i go back to my book over and over again myself it's like my little bible i can yeah use it to support myself and um oh yeah i know lots of other people do the same go back and read it again and go back and read it again and this is a terms of resource then isn't it yeah 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 because yeah, it's, it's a way of life yeah and a lot of people learn at their own pace and some people some people like to read and they uh, find that they learn better than that mm -hmm. other people are more visual they, they like watching videos to learn and it's finding that right sort of way for you isn't it definitely so, great well, just before we finish up, um, it's been great for you uh, come out here and, and meet me for this podcast. Oh, it's been so nice. Interview. And uh, I think I might actually have to take off a layer of clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not naked, I have to say. <laughs> that might... Uh, arrested. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Arrested, arrested at a stone circle. Um, but uh, it's it's really, really warm day today and it's it couldn't be a, a more perfect day no, to sit outside in this lovely uh, lovely space with, with you and so thank you very much no, for coming along you. before we go how can people get in touch with you so probably the easiest way i've just taken a month off social media mm. so i'm kind of playing around with that a little bit as to how that'll look moving forward so i would say the easiest way would be via my website right now okay. um which also links to the podcast and various other things as well so it is www.befreewithsusiemcwilliam.com okay that's probably the easiest way and then on facebook and instagram i'm at be free with susie mcwilliam great so. okay 
Yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you once again. No, thank you. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Will do. Thank you. See you later. Bye. So that was my interview with Susie. Thank you very much to her once again for her time. And I hope you found that interesting, uh, interesting to listen to. And hopefully you can relate to what was discussed. And maybe you can, uh, you, you learned something uh, that maybe you didn't know before. Uh, but whatever the case may be, I hope you find it beneficial and thank you for listening. Uh, thanks before I go, thanks also for your kind comments uh, on the back of my last podcast, the first ever one. Uh, it's very kind of you to leave such nice comments about what I'm doing and I'd be delighted for any more feedback that you'd like to give me on how to make it better. Uh, I've already got somebody lined up for an interview for June, so I'm well prepared in advance this time not to be caught out like I did the last three months. So, so yeah, so uh, thanks very much for listening and we'll see you in June.